Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, and his final teaching in Philemon called Refresh My Heart in Christ. Well, um, you know, it's been a great study so far as we've gone through this letter. I do pray that it's been a blessing to you. Uh, I know it's been a blessing to me as I've studied this text, um, as I've seen different areas in my own life where I, I know I can apply these principles. And really, you know, as we look at the close of this letter to Philemon from the Apostle Paul, I think one thing that really has been an overarching theme in our studies of the last couple of weeks has been this idea of reconciliation. And reconciliation is a very much a Christian, Christianese word, isn't it? Uh, I don't hear anybody else really talking about reconciliation outside of Christian churches. Um, maybe occasionally I'll hear the word reconciled used, but it's, it's pretty uncommon. Would you agree? Um, and so when we talk about this idea of reconciliation... Guys, if there's an iPad back there, if I could steal it from you, because my phone's going to die. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's a concept that we might kind of gloss over, and maybe we take it for granted when we sit in church week after week and we hear those, those terms over and over again. But really, as we look at the, the, the close of this letter tonight, as we look at the conclusion of what has honestly, through this study, become even more so one of my favorite um, sections of Scripture. This is just such a uh, heartfelt letter from the Apostle Paul. Um, so many beautiful things that he addresses, and I think it's just a great, it's a great reminder for us of the goodness of God. And what I mean by that, and I think it will become more clear as we go through our study tonight, is that Paul, Paul's behavior mirrors that of Christ because Christ is in the apostle Paul. And we also know on a grander scale that the Holy Spirit himself is leading Paul to write these words. Thank you. And so as we're looking at these texts, I would just encourage you as we we have just a few short verses tonight that you would see all the parallels to Jesus. And I would argue that that is ultimately the purpose of Scripture, is to point to the Messiah. Um, and you could go to pretty much any text in Scripture and find parallels and, and big arrows that are pointing to Jesus. Amen? And so as we look at this last little section of our uh, letter, of this letter tonight, there's just such a strong parallel to Christ. And the, the title for the sermon tonight is Refresh... Uh, oh, that's the old one. <laughs> that's a good title, too. I changed it, though, halfway through. Um, the title tonight is actually Refresh My Heart in Christ. They'll get it up there. They're good. Um, and so that is just verbatim something that Paul says in verse 20. So would you stand with me as we just read the few uh, closing verses? We're going to start in verse 17 as we conclude Philemon. Paul says this, so after everything that he said, he's now made his ask that Philemon not only take Onesimus back, but welcome him in as what? 
a brother, right? Not, not as a slave, not just, hey, I need you to forgive him for the wrong that he's done to you and take him back as one of your slaves. No, Paul goes so far as to say, I want you to take Onesimus back and I want you to make him a part of your family. And so the ask has now been presented, and with this bold ask in mind, Paul says this. Verse 17. So if you consider me, Paul, your partner, receive him, that is Onesimus, as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all, or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. And there's our title for tonight. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. And in the final greetings, as Paul closes this letter, he says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so to Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, and my, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You can have a seat. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for yet another opportunity, a privilege that we have to be in your presence. God, we thank you that tonight as we uh, wrap up this study, we thank you for what you've already done, the things that your spirit has already spoken. And we do ask, God, that your spirit would lead this time, that it would be uh, for your glory, Lord, that you would reveal things, truths to us, realities to us that maybe we have not yet seen. Lord, if there are uh, situations, and I would venture to say in a room with this many people, there are many situations represented tonight that, that need reconciliation, um, situations that need healing, that need to be restored, forgiveness that's needed. Lord, tonight, I pray that if those situations are represented in this room, and if there is a struggle within any hearts and souls tonight in this room, that, that those things and those situations would be surrendered to you. Uh, God, that tonight you would break chains and that um, even the beginnings of reconciliation in those different situations would begin to unfold and happen tonight. Maybe someone tonight, when they leave this room, needs to make a phone call and, and uh, get a conversation started with someone who they need to forgive or who needs uh, to be reconciled to each other. And so we are asking for you to do what only you can do, Lord. Uh, speak through your word tonight. Thank you that you are faithful to do that. And so we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So we look at verse 17. And Paul says, If you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. Now let's just back up for a moment and remember what has just happened because we took a week off. But this is a very harsh and real reality for Philemon as he's reading this letter from Paul. Now I pointed out a few things last week. One of them being that it's very possible that Philemon is reading this letter for the first time in front of the congregation that he is leading. So put yourself for a moment, if you will, in, in Philemon's shoes. 
He has Onesimus, the slave that used to work for him, um, that he was good to, who wronged him. We don't know the details. And even as Paul uh, writes, he says, if he has wronged you in any way. So we don't know. Um, we know from the text that Onesimus and Paul have become very close companions. In fact, Paul says, as he does with Timothy and some others, uh, that, that Onesimus has become like a son to him. So they have this close relationship, but it's not clear if Onesimus ever actually tells Paul what he did. Now, I would venture to say that Paul probably knows exactly what Onesimus did, but he doesn't feel it necessary to go through it and hash it out and revisit it in the, in the letter. There may be some wisdom in that, just as a random side note that's not in my notes. Sometimes it's not re- worth revisiting things. Um, sometimes maybe we have a tendency <laughs> to, uh, with good intentions, open up that can of worms again or go there again. Um, and maybe for some of us, we have said, uh, this is not in my notes, but be it uh, what it is. Maybe some of us have been in situations where we have said the words, I forgive you, but we keep going back to those things. See, then I think forgiveness is not, is not there. Because if you've said to somebody that you love or somebody in your life, hey, I forgive you for that thing, and yet you continue to bring it up and remind them of that thing, well, then I have to ask, have you forgiven them? Because our Savior doesn't do that to us. Praise God that he doesn't do that to us. My God doesn't remind me every morning of all the reasons why I am uh, worthless without him. <laughs> Maybe sometimes I need that. And sometimes the scripture does take us to those moments and, and reminds us how desperate we are in need of a savior. But God is in the business of encouragement. And, and when he gives a word that might be uh, harsh, if you will, it's for our, our betterment. So there's a time and a place for a harsh word. But I, I appreciate the fact that Paul doesn't see it necessary because he doesn't write in a bunch of detail what's, what's happened between Onesimus and Philemon. He just says, if he's wronged you in any way. And so when we look at this uh, for the sake of a small word study, I just was curious what the Greek is here for partner. So Paul says, if you consider me your partner, the word Paul uses here for partner is um, koinonas. And there are several biblical usages for this particular word. Uh, the word is used 10 times in the New Testament. And among some different and various definitions of the word, the one that stuck out to me the most was sharer. And I, I, that struck me as I was doing the word study this afternoon. And I was thinking about what Paul is getting at here. We, we could apply so many different principles that we understand as believers that we've been reconciled to each other, that we're in the family of God. We've been adopted. We're, we're sons and daughters of the King. You and I are brothers and sisters in Christ. But I liked that term sharer. Paul says, if, if you consider me your partner, or you could say, if you Philemon believe you and I share the same faith. Philemon, if you believe that you and I share the same hope, If you and I share the same Christ, then receive Onesimus as you would receive me. See, I I think it's really easy for us to distance 
certain parts of the faith and the things that God has called us to when they're inconvenient. Because if Paul were to be freed, and we, again, had to put some pieces together over the last couple weeks as we've done this study, because we don't exactly know where Paul is right now, but most scholars would lean towards um, that he's probably in Rome on house arrest. If Paul was to be freed, and he was to show up at Philemon's doorstep, well, he would be welcomed, wouldn't he? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. The next topic to dive into was requested by a listener, anxiety. What is it and how do you work through it? And it catches you off guard when people do occasionally. You say, hey, how are you doing? And all of a sudden the cashier at your local grocery store starts telling you how their day is actually going. And it almost catches us off guard because we are so busy. And I think busyness is a huge contributor to anxiety. But I think that's a key thing is that Jesus takes his anxiety first and foremost to his heavenly father. So if we can kind of combine two ideas of what you shared, Pastor Shane. One is that Jesus took it to the Father in prayer. And that's a key. And that's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer Mm -hmm. and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. So that's a wonderful remedy. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, on Walk in Truth. We don't exactly know where Paul is right now, but most scholars would lean towards um, that he's probably in Rome on house arrest. If Paul was to be freed and he was to show up at Philemon's doorstep, well, he would be welcomed, wouldn't he? Because Philemon and Paul have a good relationship. Um, they're, they're, they're friends, they're partners, uh, sharers, if you will, in the gospel. And we know that if, if, Paul made a trip to Colossae and showed up at Philemon's doorstep. He would be welcomed with open arms. He would be, it would be celebrated. Paul's here. It's easy to love on people that love us really well, isn't it? Oh, it's easy to love people that we get along with really well. It's easy to love people that see eye to eye with us on virtually everything. But love, I believe love, in its truest sense, is loving people who are in strong opposition to us. People who are 
polarized to, to me, who totally disagree with me on virtually everything. And you, you smile now because all of us are thinking of people in our mind right now. And we know that no matter what subject comes up at the dinner table, when we get together with that person at the water cooler at work, that that person and me, we're not going to agree on this, right? Most of us have somebody in our life that our relationship with them is like that, at least to a certain extent, where it just seems like we're always butting heads. But the, the picture that Paul is painting and the, the thing that he's challenging Philemon to do is the way that you would welcome me, welcome him. Now, let's broaden the spectrum for a moment and apply it to you and me right now. That person that came to your mind when I was talking about it, that's the person that Jesus says, love thy neighbor as thyself. That's your neighbor. Right? And so it's easy to love people who love us well. But it's a much different thing when we are struggling to love somebody. And then Christ says, love them. Quoting Calvin, I I used this last week, but John Calvin says this, it would be a sign of haughty pride. Please don't miss this tonight. It would be a sign of haughty pride. You could just simply say in modern English, extreme arrogance, if we should be ashamed to count as our brother those whom God has made his sons. It would be a sign of haughty pride if we should be ashamed to count as our brothers those whom God has made his sons. Okay, Pastor Shane, so I don't have to love non-Christians. No. Not what I'm saying. <laughs> but especially in the walls of the church, if we can't get along, you follow where I'm going? And how much damage has been done to the church within its own four walls? I will use our own city as just a brief example. Do you know how many Christian churches are in Corona? And do you know that most of them started from a very small number of original churches in this city? And just in the last few years, and I'm not saying church plants are bad, but at a certain point as a pastor in the city, the question has to be asked, how many churches do we need? Because what happens is there's a disagreement amongst people who are already reconciled to each other in Christ, who are brothers and sisters in Christ, and they can't get over themselves in their own pride. And so, well, I'll start my own church. And then 120, 150 years later, you drive down Ontario Avenue and you have a smorgasbord that you can pick from whatever you like. And in many ways, I believe that's a fundamental issue with the modern Christian church because Paul is writing to a church in Colossae that might be one of two Christian churches in the entire city, maybe in that region. And so 
The question becomes, have we made it too easy for people to just slip out the back door when they are faced with accountability, with church authority correcting them, with sin in their life? And I've been in ministry long enough to have seen things that I didn't realize happened inside Christian churches. (laughs) So-and-so is doing what? And then when pastor so-and-so says, you shouldn't be doing that, so-and-so says, Bye. I believe that that is a bad, bad situation. Because what happens is there's no accountability. And so I mentioned this last week as well. It's, it's very possible that everybody in Colossae who's in the Christian church and is in connection with these guys, they know what's happened between Onesimus and Philemon. They know that Onesimus disappeared. They know that he's been gone. They know that he, he stole or he, he did whatever he did. Whatever happened, we don't know. But we know that something happened, and it's very possible that it's been the talk of the town. And people are watching Philemon, possibly his own congregation, as he stands in front of them and reads this letter from the Apostle Paul, who says, take him back now, not just as your slave. I want you to completely forgive him, forget what he's done. You've been reconciled to each other. You're now brothers in Christ, and I want you to receive him as one of your own. Receive him as you would receive me. And so... From an outsider's perspective, us reading this, we would say, well, of course, Philemon has to take him back. But friend, put yourself in Philemon's shoes now. Let's apply it to your own life. Somebody wronged your family. Some of you have experienced something like this. You've been in business with another Christian, uh, maybe a, a friend, and they have stolen money. I was just talking to a, a personal trainer at my gym who told me that he had his own up and running successful personal training business. Um, last year, he fought through COVID and kept his doors open and ran a successful gym and was getting new clientele. And at the peak of their success, he found out that his business partner had been stealing money and they had to close the doors because they had a falling out. Some of you have lived in situations like that. In fact, I know many people. I I actually have lost count of the people that I know who are no longer Christians or walked away from their faith or have a bad taste in their mouth for Christianity at large because of a bad business deal with a, a professing Christian. Money can be a great divider. But whatever the situation is, apply it to you. And think about that person who's wronged you in that way, showing up at your doorstep and you being able to say, I completely forgive you. It's water under the bridge. In fact, I want to be reconciled to you. Maybe that person came back to you and said, I became a Christian and I just want to say that I'm sorry for the things that I did. Would you you be able to forgive them? Would you be able to do it? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, yes. But man, our flesh wants something else. <laughs> our flesh wants revenge. Our flesh wants to show them what our knuckles feel like, right? Some of you are like, no, I don't want to punch anybody. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. No, I don't want to punch anybody. But our flesh doesn't want what the spirit wants. There's this battle. But then we look at what Christ has done for us. And the things that Paul is now asking of Philemon are fundamental Christian principles. In fact, it's the principle upon which you and I are saved. 
and have hope tonight. And that's what Paul is writing to Philemon and saying is, you have received great forgiveness in Christ. Now go and do the same. And so tonight, as we have hope in Jesus, when we have the, the, the cross and the goodness of God and his holiness and his worth and his righteousness on the forefront of our minds, it is a lens by which we can filter out the junk in this life. Amen? And so when I look at a situation, I don't look at it the way that I used to look at it. And that's what Paul is saying to Philemon. He's saying, you don't see Onesimus the way you once saw him. No, now you see him as a brother in Christ. Take him in as one of your own. Take him in as you would take me in. You've been listening to Refresh My Heart in Christ, part one on Walk in Truth. And that's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, teaching in Philemon 1, 17 through 25. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. As you know, we love to connect with our listeners, and that means you. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the rest of us here a letter. We love to get mail, so you can get all that contact information on walkintruth.com. Or if you're ready now, here's the email address. It's contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Again, you can write us at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Shane Lance's teaching in Philemon 1, 17 through 25, called Refresh My Heart in Christ. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.